0: Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Bowman, the host of Side Door, a podcast with candid conversations with world-class entrepreneurs. Indonesia is the fourth most populous country in the world, at around 260 million people. Roughly 226 million people, or 87% of the country's population, are Muslims, people who follow Islam. Islam is the second largest religious following in the world with 1.7 billion people, second only to Christianity at 2.3 billion. Indonesia is the single largest country for Muslim population in the world. This represents a unique opportunity. The Islamic economy is roughly a $3 trillion a year market globally. This spans across sectors like food, pharmaceuticals, and lifestyle. Similar to being kosher as a Jewish person, Muslims have a different set of rules they must follow. This precludes them from using many different products, hence an entire economy based on developing products specifically for Muslims. Today's guest is Indra Wiralaksmana. He's the co-founder and CEO of UMA, a Muslim community-based platform. It's part social network, part content aggregator, but specifically for Muslims. Indra and I discuss his path to UMA the opportunity with the Muslim market, and how he's guided UMA from launch, initial traction, to scaling the product, with a myriad of lessons and stories sprinkled in. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the Side Door Podcast. Hey, Jesse. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, thanks for making the time to talk to us. Uh, you are the co-founder and CEO of UMA.
1: Yes, that's I'm the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, before we dive into like your background and, and the story of UBA, can you just give us like a, a quick 30-second pitch of what is UMA? Sure. Uh,
1: so UMA, uh, basically the idea is, um, uh, in short, uh, we'd like to create an ecosystem for, for Muslims where any Muslim person can find uh, just about uh, anything that they're looking for in their day-to-day lives, particularly in the context of the religion itself, right? our motto is to help Muslims become better Muslims, basically, you know. Um, so we try to make UMA um, not just uh, as, as, as a tool app, if you will, for Muslims. But but beyond that, um, we'd like to provide our users with uh, contents, you know, that would be useful, that would be beneficial to them in the context of um, uh, their day to day practice of the, of the religion itself, you know.
0: So would you consider it a social network?
1: Uh, I would say so. Uh, uh, except probably the difference is because you're talking about, uh, you know, in terms of our target audience, right? You're talking about a specific vertical in this case, i.e., Muslims, right? So, um, so, uh, so this uh, the the, so, the social media component makes up the, the you know a, a big part of UMA. But at the same time, you know, uh, because we're a Muslim app, there are kind of like basic necessities that that uh, an, an app such as UMA needs to, uh, to fulfill, you know, uh, i.e., you know, these are the tools that, like, Muslims uh, look for, you know, in, in a Muslim app, you know, things such as, you know, uh, prayer times, uh, uh, prayer direction, and, and, and the Quran, for
0: example, you know. Born and raised in Jakarta, Indra went to Northeastern University in Boston for college. After a few years of working in the States, Indra decided it was time to come home. Which is where we pick up his story and the story of Uma.
1: I came back to uh to Indonesia. So I went I went to the US in uh in the year two thousand, right? Um and then I wasn't planning on staying there. Uh you know, I wasn't planning on staying there for 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 that long, you know, but I ended up going like I said, going to college there, you know, and I, I in fact I, I was uh working there for uh, I think about four years, right? Um so it wasn't until Uh, 2009 that I came back you know um, so I think coming out of college right so I graduated with a degree in finance and accounting actually you know and and, um, you know and and somehow I ended up you know uh, you know working in uh, public accounting you know uh, believe it or not right um, because I was that good uh, in in accounting you know uh, in college right Um, so uh, and speaking of diversity, actually, uh, uh, my first company ever, uh, coming out of college in the U S, uh, was this small CPA firm, public accounting firm, uh, co-founded by three Jewish guys, you know, uh, so it was very interesting. Right. But, you know, I, you know, it was, it was a very good experience, you know, um, so I did that, uh, you know, for, for, like I said, for, for about four years, uh, and I decided to come home um and so being uh at the time I was what 29 probably something like that uh 20 not even 27 28 I think right so I came home um and and uh you know it was one of those things that like I ended up having to kind of like restart my life right um and the only thing I knew at that time was accounting you know so uh so uh and in, in other words, I wasn't quite prepared to do anything else yet because I wasn't comfortable, right So you know somehow I ended up in um, uh, instead of a public accounting firm, I ended up in uh, in, in a consulting firm called Accenture right um, so from from that point on, you know for for you know so I, I stayed on in Accenture for for a little less than a year, and because i didn't I didn't believe in the whole consulting thing to me, it was just uh a bunch of theory right um. So I wanted to do something that was more kind of like practical, you know, um, uh, in nature, right? Uh, and that's how I ended up uh, somehow, you know, my, my my resume at that time uh, uh, somehow ended up in the, the, the office of Northstar, right? uh, which is one of the largest uh, private equities uh, uh, coming out of Indonesia, you know. So this was in 2000, 2010. So mid-2010, uh, I ended up deciding to, you know, Northstar, you um, uh, at that time, just invested in a portfolio uh, uh, within within the mining. Uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a coal mining company, basically, right? Um, and they needed someone um, uh, to to at that time help the the CFO. You know, because my background was finance and accounting, right? Um, so I decided to to take that offer. You know, um, and then before I knew it, you know, uh, I ended up. Uh, uh, staying kind of like within the North Star group uh, for a few years, you know, until I got to the point where uh, I realized that. Uh, so this was, I would say, 2014-ish, right? Um, this was right around the time when, like, the the term tech, you know, and 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 the term startup, uh, uh, you know, they they were being kind of like mentioned a lot, you know. Uh, they, they were being thrown out a lot, you know. This was this time when, like, Lazada, for example, is very active in the market, you know, uh, recruiting people aggressively, right, uh, as well as the likes of Tokopedia and Bukalapak and so on, right. And, you know, so I was, what, 30? Uh, at that time, I was I was 33, probably, uh, 34, something like that, right? But there was this kind of, like, uh, degree of curiosity cur- curiosity in me right in that you know my life within the North star group was fine you know uh, uh, you know like uh, I said especially North star being kind of like you know one of the I would say one of the most successful private equities in uh, uh, in Indonesia right uh, and even in the in the region probably uh, you know I ha- I had a pretty okay life you know but but I wanted to uh, try out something different right something new and and more importantly I wanted to to learn as simple as that right so so, um, so I told the North Star guys, look, um, I'd really like to, to, uh, to gain some exposure to, to the whole startup thing. Right. You know, um, and that was when, uh, they put me in contact with, uh, with, with Ninja van, right. Uh, because at that time, Ninja van, you know, Ninja van was, was established in 2014, uh, in Singapore. Right. And then they went to Malaysia and Indonesia was going to their third country. And, and, at the same time, they were looking to set up presence in Indonesia. Uh, they were also raising uh, Series B, right? So that was when they also came to Northstar, you know. So I was introduced to them, and before I knew it, you know, um, uh, this the the, the CEO uh, of, of Ninja Van agreed to to hire me to become their uh, country head in Indonesia, right? Um, and it didn't take me long to kind of like process it or or to think because you know again like I I wasn't experienced in logistics at all I mean I I knew nothing about logistics right you know but again I think uh, I knew at that time that uh, I had this kind of like aspiration to to give this whole tech or startup thing a, a shot right um, and as much as Ninja Van uh, is is a logistics company but but it really is a tech based logistics company right you know so. So that was kind of like my first exposure to to startup, you know. Um, so I was doing that for two years, you know, um, learn a lot about logistics, Worked like 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week, because logistics, you know, is something that, you know, never stops, right? You know, night and day, seven days a week, you know. Um, and so I got to the point where, you know, um, I said to myself that, okay, you know, I, I, I learned uh, a lot about logistics already. But at that same time, you know, I wasn't quite ready yet to be labeled as a logistics guy. In other words, what I wanted to kind of like continue to learn is more the, the tech side of things, right? You know, um, so that was when I decided to, you know, uh, I guess um, uh, that was when I decided to to leave Ninja, right? Um, uh, and the same time I I, I was kind of like, you know, making the decision to do that, um, uh, you know, the, one of the co-founders of Northstar, uh, uh, reached out to me, right. And said, you know, um, you know, I've got a potential gig for you. Would you be interested in, uh, in coming back to Northstar? Right. Um, so, you know, this is somebody that I really respect a lot, you know, uh, in fact, I, I can say that a lot of, uh, who I am and where I am today also is because of, um, uh, you know uh, him and 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 Northstar, obviously, right? So yeah, so obviously, you know, when he reached out to me, uh, I responded immediately, and and the next day uh, we had we had coffee and talked about you know what what he wanted to kind of like um, share with me, right? And before I knew it, I was back with Northstar, but this time the gig was different, and that was the reason why I I, I agreed to kind of like rejoin uh, the group, right? And what that was, was really, um, you know, so this was 2017, right? You know, so Northstar, you know, uh, was one of the early investors in Gojek, right? Um, So I was there when Gojek first launched the app. Uh, So this was like beginning of 2015 and of 2014, beginning of 2015, right? Um, So so I knew exactly kind of like the progression, you know, um, from them not having an app to them launching the app and then, uh, uh, to, 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 them becoming, you know, what they are today. Right. Um, so, so for Star uh, itself, you know, they, they, they learn as well, you know, this, this is, this is my take on it. Right. They learn as well from that experience that like to be, you know, from, from, from an investor's point of view, you know, it makes a whole lot of sense, uh, uh, you know, particularly in this day and age, you know, with tech and tech advancement being the way it is, it, it, it makes a whole lot of sense uh, to 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 basically be involved uh, in you know in startups, you know, if, even from day one. You know, if, if the idea is that good, right? Um, because you know, in terms of uh, uh, you know, if you talk about the context of returns, right? Um, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously higher risk, but uh, uh, by the same token if you do it well it's higher payout right higher returns you know so so the gig you know that uh, that that I was brought back for was really to help you know uh, 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 two things right one one was to to help kind of like oversee you know um, uh, these startups and then the the, the second uh, thing you know which, which was really exciting to me was to kind of to help them incubate startups right you know so so between these two things, um, these were in line with what I had kind of like wanted to do at that stage in my life, you know, post-Ninja, right? Um, so, so, so I rejoined at the end of 2017 and for about two years, right, um, I did exactly all those things uh, that I mentioned, i.e., you know, so I, I, I gained access to a bunch of different startups, you know, uh, like helping them with a bunch of different things, you know, uh, so... So so I got to see like, you know, how different startups uh, kind of like develop their ideas and things like that. Right. And then at the same time, I helped, uh, you know, incubate like uh, uh, a couple of startups. Right. It was a very good experience.
0: Working at a top private equity firm would be a dream job for many. What I really love about Indra's story is how proactive he was. He started out as an accountant and consultant he recognized this wasn't for him and took the leap when opportunity presented itself just like our first guest dick listijono even after this jump to private equity and helping incubate a portfolio of startups indra continued to seek out opportunities the result of indra's efforts was uber
1: myself and and a few other guys right in this case you know we thought of this idea of like uh, you know again creating a platform um, for Muslims, you know, why Muslims? Well, because I'm a Muslim, you know, uh, and so that's something that I'm familiar with, right? But also, too, because, because the whole Islamic economy, you know, if you talk about, you know, how much it has grown, you know, for the past few years, right, globally, for that matter, you know, between, like, things like uh, halal travel, you know, uh, Muslim fashion, you know, uh, uh, umrah and hajj, right, you know, sharia uh, finance, you know, it's, it's it's such a you know massive thing you know um, and a lot of companies for that matter are are, are, are starting to realize the potential of the, the so-called Muslim market right you know it's always been there you know but it's just you know uh, uh, it's only been in the past few years that like you know it's it's become a thing right you know so so we saw an opportunity there right and we wanted to, to tap into that, that that opportunity and we were trying to figure out how to kind of like you know, because if you, take, if you talk about Muslim app, there's a bunch of Muslim apps out there, you know. We wanted to to make sure that whatever it is that we're building, you know, it's something that would kind of like maximize the, the potential of, of the market itself, you know. So, so that was when we decided that, okay, you know, as an app, right, as a Muslim app, uh, there are in fact basic necessities of Muslims that we need to fulfill. But at the same time, you know, you know, uh, an opportunity for us is is where we can set up this platform to be a platform where Muslims, uh, regardless of where they are, can interact and engage with each other. You know, so the idea being is, you know, uh, you know, in terms of monetization, you know, we would create things like marketplace, you know, uh, channeling for Sharia finance products, you know, donation features, right, um, uh, e learnings, and 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 all these things that like. You know Muslims around the world need right, and to do that, we believe that you know just having tools is not enough. So this is a matter of creating an ecosystem uh, again that that Muslims can can kind of like interact and engage with with each other. So how we do that is by setting up UMA to be uh, some kind of a, a social media platform for Muslims. You know uh, where users can upload contents right, uh, uh, and through those contents they can kind of like interact uh, with each other.
0: You have a background in accounting and your you know, startup journey was at a private equity firm and then you went to a logistics uh, startup. And now all of a sudden you are in the world of social media and building a social network. How did you approach getting your initial users and, and the traction uh, to get it started?
1: Right. So I, it, it was definitely a trial and error. Um, <laughs> Because, like I said, you know, I'm a Muslim, but it doesn't mean that that you know uh, I, I I represent you know uh, the different types of Muslims that are out there, right? So the you know what I know is that you know uh, there's this thing called five pillars of Islam, right? And within the five pillars, one of them is you have to like you know uh, so it's believing in Allah as our God, you know, and 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 as part of that, you pray five times a day, you know. So praying five times a day is mandatory. So so these kind of like Basic things. Obviously, I know for a fact that any every Muslim person is 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 you know um, it's it's mandatory for 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 every Muslim person to to observe these like kind of like uh, basic worship activities, right? You know, uh, again, like I said, you know, um, it, it, it was it was definitely trial trial and error, right? Um, so at first, you know, the very first iteration of UMA uh, before we formally launched it, right? Uh, or the beta version, version I should say, it was more focusing on just tools, you know. Uh, so basically, what we did was we copied, you know, what 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 some of the other apps, you know, had been doing, right? Uh, but then that was the point when, like I said, you know, we felt that yeah, like we needed to do more, you know, to be to be able to capture a kind of like a wider audience base, you know. So that was when that was when we started introducing content, right? You know, and the notion of content at that time was more that we, you know, we we set up a crawler, we built an engine, you know, to to crawl contents from like different sources, you know, uh, 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 external sources, right? Uh, and then we have we have a team, you know, whose job is to to curate those contents. Um, in addition to our our uh, uh, engine itself you know, uh, filtering uh, contents as well, right? And from there, we saw, you know, the numbers spike, you know. Um, We saw that people were responding pretty positively, you know. So this idea, this notion of a Muslim app, right, that provides content to its users, right, I guess uh, is something that, like, does not, or at that time did not exist yet uh, in, in the market. And more importantly, you know, uh, it, 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 it gives more reason for our users, you know, IE for Muslims to, 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 to access the app more. Right. You know, um, uh, in other words, right. Back in the old days when Muslim apps, uh, in fact, there are still, uh, there are apps that are like this still today. Right. But, but, you know, for apps that, that only provide tools, right. There's no really, uh other incentive for the users to access the app other than you know uh to look at prayer times for example you know um but even so right um you know there's this thing called adan adan is prayer notification right so a uh, user downloads the app you know turns out the prayer notification they don't even need to visit the app you know because the notification will pop up every time it's time to pray right so, you know, again, um, uh, there's definitely no user interaction, no user engagement whatsoever, right? But with a content platform, what, what we saw was, yeah, again, like I said, you know, users were responding positively in that, you know, um, even though at that time, yeah, you know, uh, obviously, you know, when I said that we pulled contents from, from other sources, it meant that, our, our, you know, the contents that we displayed in UMA, users could easily access those contents elsewhere, right? Uh, but I guess you know, again, because we position ourselves as a Muslim platform, you know, it must have given our users kind of like a different kind of a feeling, you know, accessing these contents uh, in the Muslim platform, especially in our case, the fact that we curate the contents as well, you know, i.e., you know, we, we only, you know, display contents that are relevant, you know, you know, in the context of our users and in the context of the religion, right? So I guess that kind of like, you know, create created this feeling uh, amongst our users that, uh, oh, you know what, uh, I can benefit, you know, from from this Muslim app, you know. So that was when we decided that, you know, the the way forward should be, you know, along the lines of us uh, building this to be, you know, a content platform, really, you know. Um, there was no UGC yet, you know, uh, at that time. Um, it, it was still entirely PGC, so platform-generated content, you know. Uh, uh, the, the the work to develop our UGC capabilities did not start until end of last year, you know. So, uh, post the initial trial, uh, post the beta version, we decided to formally launch uh, as UMA uh, in April of last year. So, it's been a little over a year. Um, so, it wasn't until around like four to five months after we launched that we started working on our UGC, you know. And ever since then, you know, ever since we launched our UGC uh, functionalities, uh, that's when like, you know, um, our traffic has gone up even higher, right? You know, uh, so meaning uh, users are happy not just to access content, but to also share or upload contents uh, in the platform itself in a similar manner to uh, how they would normally upload contents in other kind of like social platforms.
0: As a product grows and a startup develops into a company, the problems it faces evolves. As Uma moved past the early pains of initial traction, it was looking to build a sustainable business. This meant building out monetization channels, finding a balance when it comes to moderating content, and making the platform amenable for brands to be associated with it.
1: Okay, from technicality standpoint, there are three ways, right? One. Is again, you know, us being a a tech platform, we rely on our algo, right? So we rely on our tech to to help us filter, you know, uh, or weed out like you know the inappropriate contents, right? Uh, Of course, the key thing there would be for us to continue educate our 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 engine, right? You know, by by feeding keywords, uh, you know, uh, 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 and, and things like that, right? Um, uh, second is, you know, um, you know, and this is what I've seen even, you know, uh, in, in China with companies like ByteDance or TikTok, right? Uh, like it or not, you know, even with technology, you still need humans, you know, to, to help uh, filter out these bad contents, right? Um, so we have a team, uh, a dedicated team whose job is to just, you know, day in, day out, they, they go through contents and, and um, you know, they, they, they moderate them right? Um, thirdly, you know, from technicality standpoint, we also rely on users themselves to, to report um, bad contents to us, right? Uh, and this has been working out fairly well as well, you know, because how we position UMA to them, at the end of the day, you know, we say that, you know, again, because we focus on a particular segment, right, or a particular vertical, uh, i.e. Muslims in this case, right? So, So the way we communicate on this point to them, to our users, is that, you know, the Uma platform actually belongs to you. You know, it doesn't belong to just us. It doesn't. In fact, it doesn't belong to us. You know, it's it's you that makes up, you know, what Uma is as a community, right? So through that campaign, you know, we managed to to get our users to kind of like, um, uh, you know, to, to kind of like share this responsibility of uh, making sure that that you know Uma as a platform uh, does not like contain you know these uh, contents that I inappropriate in the context of their religion right so those three are from technical standpoint right but um the the one thing that we also do right as as a company you know this is the bit where especially if we talk about indonesia right it's very important for us to to build good relationship with um muslim organizations in the country you know um uh so you know in indonesia right there at least uh, there's a bunch of Muslim organizations, but, you know, there are uh, the two largest ones are uh, an organization called an, an organization called NU, uh, uh or stands for Nadatul Ulama. And the other one is called Muhammadiyah. Right. So uh, gaining acceptance from them is very important. And not only that, um, I think beyond that. Right. For us, the uh, the. the 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 objective in this case is very simple we want for this platform we want for uma to also be their platform so meaning uh we are uh practically working with them to to get their um you know uh religious leaders right uh uh these you know uh people that are called ustads right uh that are affiliated with them to to be in our platform you know uh so in other words uh, the goal here is to enrich our platform with their contents, to flood our platform with, um, you know, um, you know, moderate Muslim contents, you know, um, and this is, you know, something that these, at least, you know, between these two organizations, you know, um, this is what these organizations are about, you know, and and in fact, more importantly, right, these two organizations have been embedded in our society, you know, to the point where, you know, it's not just religion, but it's part of the culture, right. So that's you know that's how we make sure, right? You know uh, our curation process. Uh, you know, not just uh, from technicality standpoint, but you know, um, uh, from from content standpoint, from from uh, from content providers or content creators standpoint. They themselves are are, are also you know um, helping us make sure that 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 our platform is clean, if you will, you know.
0: You, you have a very interesting platform that you, you've used, it sounds like on two different occasions in your product roadmap, <clears throat> content as a way to drive this growth and, and you know, retain users and increase the usage. Uh, and that in itself has built this community. You've recruited, um, you know, religious leaders to help uh, with that. And then you've built like a self, self-policing ecosystem. Um, in the age of social networks, where um, brand safety is is very important, right? So, uh, Facebook and Twitter—they're more established. They have they have these protocols set in place so that as an advertiser of a big brand, um, I would feel comfortable putting my brand on the content uh, of that social network. Now we have TikTok, who is exploding in growth, but they don't have mature brand safety protocols, uh, in mm-hmm. place. Um, mm-hmm. right now, you know, I'm just approaching monetization of a social network through traditional advertising. Um, how are you, are you monetizing it? How are you approaching it and thinking about it? And, uh, are you taking into account brand safety, uh, while you are uh, thinking about your monetization practices? Sure.
1: So, the focus for the past year, ever since we formally launched the platform, right, has been to, you know, again, build build the ecosystem and build, you know, build the fundamentals, right, meaning that uh, we knew from the get-go that it's important for us to, you know, given the fact that, like, you know, if you talk about market potential, like I mentioned earlier, it's huge, right, and in, in Indonesia alone has a couple hundred million Muslims, right, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, they all have access to smartphones, but, you know um like you know even even if you take like uh, 20 30 it's still huge right uh we knew from the get-go that uh in order for us to maximize the potential of of, of this market you know uh we need to first focus on like you know establishing the fundamentals right uh, building an ecosystem that attracts um users to come into the the platform naturally you know so so that's what we had been spending kind of like the the initial first year, you know, from 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 the time we launched, right? In fact, um, we did not start like, you know, monetization until this past Ramadan, uh, to be honest. You know, I mean, we kind of fast-tracked it this past Ramadan because of a combination of things. I think primarily because of the pandemic, right, uh, which, you know, gave us an opportunity to... Uh, to, to monetize, you know, in this case specifically in, in the form of a, a donation, you know. So what we did was um, uh, because, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, one of the, one of the things that happened is, you know, uh, uh, people, people can go to the mosque, right? Uh, especially during Ramadan. Ramadan is a time, you know, it, it, it's a period that is, as you know, you know it's, it's very much celebrated in the country, right? You know, so it's just a, a special kind of a holiday, right? Uh, where you know uh, it, it it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a period when uh, people's uh, level of religion religiousness is the highest you know they they, they seek uh, uh, for more and more kind of like you know uh, religious nourishments if you will you know during this period right by uh, going to the mosque more attending sermons more and things like that right so with the mosque being shut down you know uh, we knew that that would provide us with an opportunity, right? So what we did was we launched our uh, live streaming feature, right? Uh, with the idea of um, allowing, you know, uh, providing a platform for these like religious le- leaders or ustads, you know, to still be able to conduct sermons um, uh, online, right? And at the same time, what we built uh, into the, the live streaming capability is 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 a, is a feature for for viewers to donate money to that particular Ustad right you know as they're watching the um the live streaming you know so that was our initial kind of like uh uh way uh, to, to to monetize you know and then secondly is you know also this past Ramadan I mean this was this 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 bit was just pure coincidence but uh you know we were approached by by brands you know that were looking to uh, you know, take take advantage of the UMA ecosystem in in the sense that, like, you know, they, these brands were looking to gain access to Muslim communities. You know, as simple as that, right? By way of you know, engaging with um, again these religious leaders, right, who starts to talk about specific topics, for example. You know, um, so we work with these brands. We featured them, you know, in our app, right? So so brand partnership is definitely uh, one form of monetization that even from 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 you know from the get go we knew that you know this 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 you know us being a content platform right this would could definitely be one of our ways to monetize right so um, uh, in terms of monetization overall you know uh, donation is one thing uh, there is also brand partnership you know but I think the other thing that's interesting that came out of our experience uh, from this past Ramadan uh, specifically in the context of our live streaming feature. Uh, is this opportunity for us to monetize uh, by way of e-learning, right? Uh, because, again, um, I think as simple as, you know, uh, you know, this pandemic uh, has changed a lot of things, right? You know, uh, just because uh, the social restrictions have uh, gradually been uh, 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 lifted, right? But um, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, um, uh you know it doesn't necessarily mean that people would feel that comfortable like for example going to the mosque yet you know I mean perfect example is yesterday you know yesterday was Friday right uh myself and a few uh of uh our team members we were in the office right and uh you know uh it was time to uh to go to Friday prayer and I said to the team feel free if you guys want to go you know I'm not gonna go and in short, nobody went, you know, um, uh, even though Moss, Moss, you know, had been uh, reopened since last yeah. uh, week, right? But again, you know, I think this whole pandemic um, has had a lot of impact on 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 a lot of things, uh, which in this case, you know, um, we see this as, a, as an advantage for, for UMA, actually, you know. This notion of e-learning as a way for us to monetize would be to provide our users with access to uh, different, like, you know, sermons, different lessons, different classes, you know. Uh, uh, and I'm talking not just about um, uh, lessons to do with religion, you know, uh, such as Quran reading and things like that, right? But us being, a, you know, a, a, a general Muslim platform or, or a lifestyle Muslim uh, 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 platform, right? Um, our content offerings, you know, really vary, right? Uh, you know, and and, and include... Uh, things you know, day-to-day things you know that are relevant to to the lives of of, of our users, right? To the lives of Muslims in general, you know. So uh, so so we look to 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 basically enhance this this e-learning feature, you know, to include uh, uh, not just lessons on the religion, but also lessons on like uh, you know things such as practical skills, you know, and things like that, right? So we're we're still working on that. I, I you know this is still. Early stage uh, in terms of uh, e-learning monetization, right? Um, uh, but I think beyond that, you know, I think again, um, the vision here is like I mentioned earlier, right? Like once the ecosystem is is established enough, you know, we have been, for example, talking to like Sharia, you know, uh, financial institutions, you know, uh, uh, kind of like gauging their interest in terms of uh, you know us being. Uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a channeling you know, platform, right. Uh, uh, for them, you know, and they're very keen, you know, uh, uh, and we've also talked to like, you know, for example, this past Ramadan, uh, we had an event with, uh, with, uh, one of the most famous, um, hijab, you know, hijab brands in the country, you know, um, uh, and so we were exploring to see whether we could start experimenting, you know, uh, doing some form of a marketplace in UMA, right? You know, through contents, you know. So um, we we believe there's uh, quite a number of things again that we can uh, do, you know, to to monetize uh, the app itself, you know. But uh, obviously we're not gonna do everything uh, at the same time, and we're 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 now at the phase where we're just starting to build our monetization capabilities, if you will.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you are looking at a lot of different avenues. You're being very creative about it. You're yeah. not just focusing on uh, being an advertising model like a lot of traditional yeah. uh, content-related companies are. All right. Uh, thank you so much for the time. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Side Door Podcast. I hope you learned as much about the opportunity within the Muslim market and building a niche social network as I did. As always, please don't forget to follow The Pod on Spotify or subscribe on iTunes, where you can also give it a five-star rating. Follow me on Instagram at Jesse Bowman or the pod at sidedoor.fm. Until next time, stay curious. <laughs>